The trade deal is on. Is the rate cut off? Gold is back below 1500. We got the lowest manufacturing ISM in a decade last week, while at the same time getting a 50-year low in unemployment. Something has to give there. The Trump impeachment inquiry is heating up. Pressure is being applied by all sides. Nickelback told the president to fuck off. Amber Geiger got 10 years for murdering a man sitting in his own couch in his own apartment, while another gentleman got 99 years for kicking a cop. You make sense of it. Everybody's mad. Ellen, George Bush, Adam Silver, the NBA, China, and guess what? Mr. Nick Hodge is back. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 39 of Bizarro World. Nick, how are you, sir? Welcome back. I'm just glad to be here, Gerardo. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I'm glad to have you back on. We took a week off because, frankly, there was just too much good stuff to get to, and there was no way I was going to do it justice on my own, so I'm glad to have you back. Let's get right to it. The breaking news is that it appears we have what's being called a phase one deal with China. The market rallied. The Dow is up over 300 points, closing near 27,000. Gold pulled back. It closed below 1,500. It's been resilient, however. It closed at 1,486. Um there's a lot going on. I, I I talked about the lowest manufacturing ISM in a decade. This happened last week while you were gone. Um, the index came in at 47.8 in September, the lowest since June of 2009. Um, export orders index tanked to 41%. That was the lowest level since March of 2009. I have to believe that the pressure of those numbers moved the Trump administration and frankly China as well because they've been getting hit um, a little bit harder even than we have here in the U.S. But I got to believe that those numbers um, and the real pain that, that that this trade war has inflicted finally got people to come to the table and, and, and it seems like at least we got a phase one deal. Thoughts on those two um, points there, Nick? Did you hear they had some dead pigs in China? You know, the, uh, a very wise man told me about three months ago, six months ago, one year ago, if I'm not mistaken, about the pigs in China. Now everybody's smart talking about it, but um, that's why you're on this podcast, Mr. Hunt. All the smart people are talking about the dead pigs. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not buying this trade deal. It's, it's First of all, it's just a phase one trade deal. I'm not sure if it's really going to happen. It's not even signed yet. I think that the administration has learned that the market responds to these supposed trade deal negotiations, like a Pavlovian dog, right? He rings the bell and the dogs start to salivate. The market starts to go up. And so um, I don't know if this phase one is going to come to pass, but what I will tell you is that it's been a very interesting week as it relates to China. And it almost feels like very cold warish, right? With the, mm. the NBA tweet and then all the backlash. And I'll be honest, man, I don't like these U.S. corporations kowtowing to this authoritarian regime. And so I just found it suspicious that that announcement came this week. I don't think the American public is going to stand for it. I've seen some people who who run in circles that I run in and, and that run outside them, frankly, who are saying, you know what, it's finally time to stand up to China. I don't think this announcement comes at a good time. I don't think it has legs. Call me crazy. I happen to agree with you. I think it's lipstick. Um, I think it's dolling up what is a very, very complicated negotiation. Um, 
I will say I like China buying 40 to 50 billion of U.S. farm products as opposed to my tax dollars doing so because for all of the cries about socialism, man, it sure went silent when we started kicking that money to the Midwest farmers, right? That's correct. That's one. Two, and and, and we're going to get right into policy. We'll talk markets here again in a little bit, but um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. We haven't talked about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the pullout in the Middle East on the one end and the sleight of hand because we're, we just sent another couple of thousand young kids right. out, out, out there to, um, to, to because of the whole September 14th incident in Saudi Arabia, which just screams bullshit. I'd love to hear your thoughts on both of those. It's interesting that this happens this week because you know what else happened this week that went vastly underreported is the first kid went off to Afghanistan that wasn't even born when the September 11th attacks happened in 2001. Think about that for a minute. The first mm. kid who wasn't even born on September 11th, 2001, just went to fight that war. And so that's crazy that you have an entire generation that's now been fighting this war and, and in the country that wasn't really even responsible for it. Let's talk about Saudi Arabia a little bit. That's where those gentlemen came from. And so um, I just wanted to set the, the frame a little bit, I guess. But my view as a libertarian is no foreign entanglements. And so... Um, I, I, I agree with pulling the, the troops out of, out of Syria. I, what I don't agree with is some of the reasoning he used, like the Kurds didn't help us in World War II. That's just some, you know, scapegoat or some nonsense. Just be upfront about it. The U.S. doesn't Thoughts want to of a crazy man. in a- foreign entanglements. Um, and that's how I feel about it. So you ask me Let about me- war, you ask me about war, I'm going to say no. I, I say no to war as well. Could we have done so in a way that was a little bit more, um, what's the word, not as traitorous to our allies? Diplomatic? Um, I, I, I'm sure we could. I'm not sure the Trumpster is the diplomatic kind of guy. He seems to he seems to bring the club in all the time, doesn't he? Could we have done it in a way that wouldn't allow ISIS to immediately break out of prison and all of a sudden start taking back the territory that we sent so many U.S. soldiers to go help Get capture, which is what we did, right? Did, we we almost wiped ISIS video? out. Did you yeah. see that video today? The people running out of the prison. Um, I don't yeah. have a good answer for that. I'm not a a foreign policy expert. I'll just be upfront, and so I'll kind of withhold comment because I'll, I'll end up sounding stupid. Um, should he have deferred to to people who know more and and maybe generals? More <laughs> yeah, maybe sought a more diplomatic <laughs> approach and and tempered his response a bit. Um, absolutely. Uh, I don't know what those alternatives were though. I'll leave it to people who are smarter than me for that. Well, I agree with you on the fact that we <coughs> should not have, um, you know, the type of meddling that we have around the world, not just in the middle East. I am all for us reinvesting in, in our economy in our infrastructure in our education in our criminal justice system. I am all for, you know, making sure that the energies that we're investing in and the, the, the tax dollars we're investing in. Um, are, are, are being reinvested primarily here in the U.S. However, I will say the way that this was announced, which surprised even his own generals and, and people in his own administration, it, it, again, it speaks to the mind of an unstable person. We're not, I'm, not, I'm not being political here. I, I'm just judging the man by his actions, right? I, I don't even judge him by his words anymore. Don't let me get started on the Twitter rants that he went on this whole past week, the whole thing with Nickelback. And I mean, the guy is not stable just as a person. Um, and it frightens me a little bit that this is the guy that's making the decisions for the free world. I mean, he's clearly not stable. He's clearly not basing this on anything other than whatever feels correct at the moment. And it changes almost 
every morning. I mean, Twitter right now for me is what Saturday morning cartoons used to be. You mentioned the Cold War era feeling of this whole thing. The only downside to these Saturday morning cartoons, which happen every day now with Twitter, um, is 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 how unstable and how dangerous the game um, has and, and is and the real consequences that the game uh, provides. And so just ugly stuff all the way around. It's, 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 um, it is what it is. Um, let's talk Trump impeachment. Because One second. That it, oh, One second ahead. before we get to Trump impeachment. I just want to note yep. that um, – the amount of chicken hawks who came out of the woodwork, right? Yep, you know, yep. you immediately see who is beholden to the defense lobby. You immediately see yep. who wants to be at war. Like Mr. Lindsey Graham is just right at the top of that list. He just comes out with his whiny Southern voice and he just wants to be at war so bad. And that's the shit I hate. And that's the stuff I think people should be paying attention to. I absolutely agree. Again, it's why I don't understand how people can just vote party right now, right? I don't understand why we don't have it in us as a country to be able to see through the bullshit that goes on in our political system. Um, you know, I saw a picture earlier and it was a picture of the McDonald's arches over the American flag, right? And it said the state of our country right now. And, and of course, it was referencing the fact that corporations are, are really um, running the game, right? And, and, and have their tentacles everywhere. And so I'm a capitalist as much as the next person. But the way that we're doing capitalism right now um, and the lack of separation between the money and politics, we've talked about this before, so I won't get into that again, is, is, is dangerous. And, and the only the only... The only silver lining is it is going to lead to the type of chaos that does inspire um, and, and, and produce for fourth turnings. And we need them. We need, we, we need one right now. And I think we're in the middle of one. Let me crystallize it and then you can move on to, to the next topic you wanted to talk about. But, you know, we got these these blackouts in California right now where they cut the power to hundreds of yep. thousands of customers, which really is like two million people because they count one apartment complex can be a customer. So there can be, you know, dozens of people in there. Anyway, yep. I'll have to yep. I'll have to put up a map. You know that all of the major tech headquarters and buildings were spared, like the Teslas and the Apples and the Googles. I'll have to put up the map. It goes like right around them and they they explain it with a, a technical reason saying that they have a different sort of infrastructure and this and that. But it sort of crystallizes it perfectly <laughs> when you're just going to take away the power from the citizens, but the big tech oligarchs get to have their power. I was just thinking like, holy fuck, are you serious? They, it, they are serious. And, and, and that's what it is right now. Um, that, that, that's where we're at as a country. And again, if, if, if you're well off, let's, let's, let's be honest. Um, whether Trump gets reelected or not as an individual, I could disagree with, you know, all of his social issues, right? And, and his opinions there. And I can agree with all of his policy when it comes to economic issues. Not that I do or don't. I'm just saying I could. At the end of the day, whether or not he gets reelected because of the financial position that I'm fortunate enough to be in, that you're fortunate, fortunate enough to be in, it really doesn't affect us a lot. It affects us a little. And it sure in the hell affects us a lot less then the person in California right now, and I'm not, I'm not blaming the Trump, uh, the Trump guy for the for the electricity going out, right? But the state of the, the 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 country right now, it sure in the hell affects the person of low means in California right now. That's gonna have to suffer through these blackouts. In you know what what's what's could be a cold fall, could be a cold winter, could be hot. I don't know what the weather's gonna be, but I know if you have little money and little options, um, it it's gotta suck to look across the street and see the corporations getting spared. No doubt. Yeah. Ugly stuff. Um, 
Ugly stuff. Ugly stuff. Trump impeachment inquiry. This we talked about two weeks ago. We said this one felt a little different than the Mueller report. We said this felt like it had some teeth. Um, I don't think Trump is doing himself any favors. He publicly called. He did this in an interview on TV. I was like, do you know they can see you? He called for China to investigate Biden <laughs> in the midst of an impeachment proceeding about whether he has encouraged foreign leaders to investigate Biden. Did you, you get gotta, that? You got to hand it to the guy. He's got the cojones. <laughs> I was looking at this and I felt like Cat Williams, that great joke. Do you know they could see you? He was talking about how famous people do cocaine, right? And how, you know, when he first got to Hollywood, these people would just throw it on the desk and just start doing lines. And he was like appalled, like, oh my God, do you know I can see you right now? That's what I felt like with Donald Trump up there. <laughs> Just asking for China and everybody, the Ukraine. Hey, can you guys please investigate them? They're corrupt. We're about corruption. We want to get rid of corruption. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm instigating an investigation against Biden and his crooked son because they're crooked. Um, and I'm sitting here going, this is what, th this is the basis of your impeachment inquiry, whether or not you did this. Well, so how do you, in good faith? Tweet the next day that you can't believe this witch hunt is the biggest witch hunt in history and you, you're the most persecuted president ever, right? Because it's all about politics and, and framing, right? I mean, he kind of knows, as I think many people do, that the Senate is not going to get the votes to impeach him, whether um, obviously he did it and, it and whether it's wrong or not, right? I mean, you can say, yeah, he told, he told Ukraine that they had to investigate Biden or they weren't going to get the aid. Yes, he did that. Is that illegal? Yes. Is he going to get the two-thirds votes from the Senate needed to impeach him? Probably not. And so whether it's like Merrick Garland, do you remember that with, with Turtle McConnell a couple of years ago? It doesn't matter. Turtle right. McConnell. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter what the Constitution says. All that matters is the partisan votes. And right now he's got the votes and he knows it. Agreed. Um, the feds are putting the pressure on, though. This is not a... Um... This is not an investigation that will go without consequence. It's already started for the circle around Trump. If they don't get Trump and they don't get Giuliani, um, they're going to get everybody around them until somebody sings. And, you know, they've already indicted two Ukrainian contacts of Rudy Giuliani on charges of violating campaign finance laws. Um, and now they're looking at Giuliani's financial dealings with these gentlemen uh, this isn't going to be the last of it, folks. And this, again, this has teeth. This this is something that I believe, um, I don't know if they get him out of there, but his own party might might put in a Mitt Romney and say, you just have to step down and outrun. I, I, I actually believe that may happen at this point. Well, we'll see what happens. I would welcome Mr. Bill Weld, but I think... Um... I don't know if anybody's going to vote for him. We'll see. That would be a detriment, right? So I'm just thinking about, you know, I'm just thinking in my head how that would play out. And obviously I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm thinking Trump is going to be hard to beat. Like I don't see anybody on the other side that could beat him right now. But if, you, if, you, if you remove him from his party and who's it going to be, it's going to be Pence. I mean, what is it going to be? Is Romney going to run? I don't know. But then you got someone unfamiliar, someone who hasn't been doing the tweet thing for the past four years. Then it becomes a much more interesting race. And I think, 
um, the Democrats would have a shot at that point. So something to keep an eye on for sure. And it, it evolved so fast. I mean, who can who can keep tabs on it? The New York Times had to put together an entire separate, you know, me and my New York Times <laughs> newsletters. I love them. Yes, sir. So they you had are cultured, folk. <laughs> they had to put a whole new newsletter together. So now I get my New York Times cooking newsletter. I get my New York Times morning <laughs> newsletter. And I get my New York Times impeachment <laughs> briefing newsletter. My brother thanks you for gainful employment. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the markets. Um, what happened to the U.S. nuclear fuel working group? Um, we were supposed to get something yesterday on the 10th, and everybody knows we recorded this on Friday. Today, today's the 11th. Ah, uh, did I miss it? No, I had a web page up all day on Google News set to the last hour because you can toggle when you want the news from. And so I kept hitting refresh on the last hour to see if anything with uranium popped up in it. And from yesterday to today, it was zilch, except for an article from the AP written by some people who clearly didn't like the nuclear industry because they framed it in such a way that it was asking for... Um, a bailout and had something to do with the Navajos. I don't know, because Navajo and uranium was in the news this week. So they, they decided to include it in a nuclear fuel working group thing. So, no, there was no news. Um, the AP put out some bullshit article saying that the uh, uranium industry was seeking a bailout. But the actual recommendations from the nuclear fuel working group, let's get serious for a second, that Trump uh, put together after he punted on the Section 232 thing back in July, I believe it was, has not come to pass. And so you have to assume it would be next week. Um, it might be smart, Gerardo, to um, state some of the options because you were talking to some people recently who are close to that. A couple of options. One would be uh, quotas that would allow for U.S.-based companies with uranium assets to sell into a subsidized market is effectively what uh, that would look like. Uh, basically meaning, look, you know, you sell your uranium production a certain amount, a fixed amount at a fixed price, you know, and obviously we know that it's not going to be at $25 a pound. It's probably going to be more like $50 to $60 a pound because, most production requires at least a 50 or $60 a pound uh, price in order for that to be sustainable. That would be a 100% increase in the current spot price, right? If, if something like that were negotiated. Um, another option was a combination possibly of tariffs, tariffs on the stuff that we're importing from places that Frankly, we don't know if they're friendly or not friendly anymore because the world is a clusterfuck. That's why this podcast is called Bizarro World. Um, but that would be an option. Another rumor I've heard is um, a White House plan to boost U.S. uranium production with joint action plans negotiated with Canada and Australia, which would lead to all three nations boosting investment in mining um, of uranium and other critical minerals. So there's a lot out there. There's a lot of options and a lot of uh, you know potential solutions, but... Um, again, we've been waiting since July for clarity. The utilities, which are the largest consumers, have been sitting on the sidelines waiting for clarity so they can negotiate their next contracts, and we just haven't seen it yet. So I'm hoping we get it next week. I'm looking on the Twitter sphere right now. I don't see anything there um, that implies that an aftermarket announcement has been made. So I guess we wait. Any Anything you want to add to that? I will note that a lot of the U.S.-based uh, – Uranium companies rallied 10-15% in the last two days in anticipation of a of a potential announcement. And so 
Uh, the action's there. Uh, people are positioning for it, but we just haven't seen anything. Yeah, a couple of points. One, those stocks have been decimated. I was talking to a gentleman this mm. week who runs a uranium company who's about to raise some money, and we'll be raising the money at half the price we raised the money at last time. And it's sort of something you got to do to keep the lights on, right? I mean, if you don't finance them here now, it's sort of like being a retail shareholder and not own the stocks. If you if you don't average down, if you don't own your stocks, when the thing finally does turn, then you're going to miss out on the upside. And I was joking with him, shit, man, your stock could double and we just get only back to even to where we financed you last time. And he's like, I know, man, it's bad out there. But the upside to that conversation was um, he's been talking with people close to the the Cameco situation, which I guess I'll lay out for a, a, a second. Um, so Cameco has shuttered their, their best minds and their intent is to go into the spot market to purchase uh, the, the uranium needed to meet their contracts. They have to purchase something like 12 million pounds in the in the spot market to to meet their upcoming contracts. And and what I heard was that they've only been able to procure about a million and a half pounds so far. And so that leaves over a 10 million pound uh, supply that they still have to find. And everyone's been looking for um, years, really. What's going to be the spark that finally kicks off this uranium thing? We know all the fundamentals are in place. I'm not going to recite them all here, but reactors being built, uh, the fuel cycle coming around, utilities having to come back in, lack of secondary supply, all that stuff, right? But what's going to be the thing that finally lights the powder keg? And for me, at least for the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about this Cameco thing and what a shock it would be to the market if Cameco comes out and says, you know what, folks? We, we got 10 million pounds that we can't find in the market. Where the fuck is it going to come from? That's sort of an impactful thing, right? Yeah, that's how we get to $60 uranium real quick and then $75 and then $100 uranium. And all of a sudden, everybody that's been calling for a bull market for the last six years is smart again because stocks are up a thousand percent, right? Well, good, because I feel pretty dang dumb. <laughs> Back to the market. Gold fell below 1500 closed at about 1486 I believe. Uh, do you believe, as I do, Nick, that this will be the last leg down that possibly, possibly, possibly pierces that $1,400 level, hits $1,385, and then slingshots right back up? Uh, yeah, I think it could last at this point now, probably till the end of the year, right? I mean, um, you and I just got tax bills. A lot of folks in America delay their taxes. They don't pay until the middle of October. And so what did I find myself doing this week? Scanning my list of stocks that I could sell a little bit of to to come up with some money to pay my taxes. And so to me, tax law selling is here in earnest. And I think you're going to see, um, especially with this bit of weakness in the gold price and the fact that the juniors haven't moved yet, you're going to see a, a pretty pointed tax law season over the next couple of two or three months. And, and, and that, I think, is your last leg down. So make your list, folks. Buy the ones that you've been buying. Continue to own the ones that you like and use these next couple of months with these uh, the last of the weak hands get shaken out, as I would put it, uh, to get ready, because then I think it's going to be on. I'm really looking forward to 2020. Do we believe that the Fed still cuts at the end of this month? And if not, do we believe that the Fed cuts aggressively in December? I think you get one more cut by the end of the year. I'm not sure when it comes. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Um, what else do we have here? There's so much going on. I want to pivot a little bit and talk about Ellen and George Bush. Ellen Good. was at a Dallas Cowboy game, and she was there with um, a friend of hers, the owner of the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, the daughter uh, of Jerry Jones. And next to her was 
ex-president, former president, George Bush Sr. Um, this, of course, got... <laughs> Apparently, everybody pissed off, right? The left was mad at her. The right was mad at her comment explaining it. Um, you had something to chime in on, on, on Twitter. I know you chimed in. You had something to say about it. Um, I kind of look back. This happened within days of the, the comment from President Trump on Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warriors coach, um, who was asked about China. And, and, and I thought correctly said, listen, I'm not very well versed on the issue. I've asked my brother, who 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 is a teacher. Um, I'm not sure if in China or of, of of Chinese culture, but he said, you know, I'd like to dig a little bit more into the issue before I opine. I thought that was an educated answer. If you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, don't opine, right? Everybody got on him, right? The the, the people that that dress themselves as libertarians, uh, but really are just right wingers dressing themselves as libertarians. Not you, but there are a lot of those out there, Nick. Um, immediately got on him um, for what I thought was a pretty sensible comment. Um, others, others, you know, uh, made stupid comments that just basically did what you said they did. They, they aligned themselves with censorship and they sold themselves out for a dollar. Um, that is also happening on the other side of things. I would love your take on this Ellen and George Bush thing, man. Oh, I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to give it to you. Good. Just a point of clarification. It was George W senior died a couple months ago. Um, and so my take is this. She is a hypocrite, a giant one, right? And I'll get into yep. why in a second. But And then she tried to laugh it off. Like she put out this video. Oh, ha ha, we were just having a good time. Here's my iPhone 11. You didn't even notice it. Like, fuck you and your iPhone 11, Ellen. Because he's a war criminal and he hates your LGBTQ people. And if you don't remember, he fought for years to keep up Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So why the fuck are you sitting next to this guy? It just serves to show the oligopoly and corporatism that is alive and well ah, in America today. Back when to the it. richest among us can just sit with our quote-unquote uh, enemies and powwow in the fucking owner's box of the Dallas Cowboys game. Fuck you, Ellen. I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> tell me how you feel for real, though, Nick. <laughs> in, at the New Orleans conference, and this is, I think, a well-known story among the mining people, years ago, Dick Cheney was there. And if you remember, Dick Cheney was George W.'s VP. Do you think Ellen would be sitting cozying up next to Dick Cheney? He doesn't have as good of a smile as George W. Bush has. Anyway, the story is that Doug Casey was also at this New Orleans investment conference, and he was introduced to Dick Cheney. And <laughs> yeah, you, you've heard this story. It's a great story. And instead of reaching out his hands to shake the, uh, Dick Cheney's hand, you know what Doug Casey says? He does not hold up his hand, and he looks at Dick Cheney, and he says, I despise you. Yep. That's, and, then, that, and then he told them why. That's conviction. That's not smiling for the camera. And if Ellen is truly dedicated to the causes she says she is, uh, anti-war, you know, the classic Hollywood liberalism stuff, right? Anti-war, LGBTQ rights. And just today she was tweeting about, because today is National Coming Out Day, and she's tweeting about all her employees that are LGBTQ and how they came out of the closet. The fucking guy that you're joking about powwowing with was trying to oppress them for years. So which is it? I get that you got to be able to sit down and break bread with your enemies. But the optics of it, the optics of it is terrible. I agree with the optics. I agree that, and I've said it, I think, almost every week on this podcast, that we absolutely have to find a way 
to disagree when civility is the best, most appropriate response, we should be civil. And I think we can all disagree in a civil way. I think that she missed an opportunity to create a discourse around um, how we could do that by just, I, 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 she was tone deaf on th this one and I'm, I'm surprised because she's usually pretty spot on with stuff. And I think on this one, it really was about what you and I said in the beginning of this, at the end of the day, when you're well off and let's be clear, Ellen is way, way more well off than we are. <laughs> right. Um, those things, those policies for all the talk, for all the show, and I believe her. I she I, she's sincere. She pioneered, you know, a lot in 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 the industry and opened up a lot of doors. I I believe that um, those causes that she's passionate about are, are are sincere causes for her. I don't think she does that as a show or a gimmick. But I do believe that it's easier when you're well off and when policy doesn't really affect you because you're so well off. I think it's easier to forgive, right? It's easy for the march of tyranny to march right on there, Gerardo. Absolutely agree. So I like Ellen. I'm a fan of Ellen. Um, I think she absolutely missed the mark on this one. I think the cleanup job was hypocritical at best. I'm being kind. Um, yeah, not not much more to say uh, other than that. That is what that is. That 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 was a miss on her part. And again, um, <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. I want to talk about the Dallas PD officer Amber Geiger. Um, who walked into a gentleman's apartment in her own apartment complex. Gentleman was sitting down watching TV, eating ice cream. She walks in. She shoots him. She calls 911. She says, oh my God, I shot, the, I shot somebody. I thought I was in my own apartment. Oh my God. Sits there. She's a trained police officer. She She's in uniform still. Just got off duty. Doesn't give this guy CPR. The guy dies, right? Um, surprising to me because of how our criminal justice system works. Um, they actually indicted her. And surprising to me, they actually indicted her for murder. Even more surprising was the fact that they convicted her of murder. Not surprising to me is the fact that she was sentenced by the judge to 10 years, meaning in five years, she'll be eligible to be back on the streets. Now, do I believe that she was sorry this happened? Sure. Sorry doesn't cut it. If you kill somebody in their own apartment, <laughs> you don't get to go up there during the trial and lie and say that you felt your life was in danger and try to use the castle doctrine when you weren't even in your own fucking castle which is what she tried to do. I thought it was disingenuous and I thought it spoke to the, 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 the sincerity of her repenting and being sorry. Um, I didn't buy the crying without the tears. Um, so 10 years, she gets 10 years. She's eligible for parole in five years. Meanwhile, there's a gentleman that got 99 years in jail for kicking a police officer. Donnie Mills, 59 years old, will spend 99 years in prison for assaulting a Denison police officer. Body cam footage showed the moment he kicked officer Chris Bell, 
back in April as he was getting loaded on a gurney inside a local hospital. Um, yes, this gentleman had a DWI from back in 1979. He's also got, you know, multiple felonies, I think five different felonies. However, the 99 years that he received were not for any of the other felonies. It was for kicking a cop. The district attorney said the Grayson County jury, the citizens of Grayson County have a zero tolerance for violence on peace officers. I think that's a loud and clear message. This defendant will have the rest of his life to think about his actions. He'll be eligible for parole in 24 years at the ripe age of 83. That's the criminal justice system in America right now, folks. Thoughts on that, Mr. Hodge? I mean, you laid it out pretty clear. We're, we're geared to, to protect our police and, and even the quote-unquote good police um, end up protecting the bad police. You and I have been through that uh, a lot on this podcast. I, too, was surprised that she was found <laughs> guilty. I was like, oh, man. It's you know one of those things like finally some accountability. We've had a little bit of that recently, actually, which a is little bit, uh, a, little a good bit, thing yeah. and, and moving in the right direction. Um, I didn't see the story about the guy kicking the, the cops, so I don't know the details there, but clearly kicking someone in 99 years versus murdering someone in their own apartment in 10 years um, is just a, a disparate allocation of justice, right? I mean, there's no other way to say that. And I'll tell you what actually pissed me off the most about this Amber Geiger thing was the judge afterward going up to her and hugging her for the camera, giving her a Bible for her time in jail. Fuck you, judge. You do that for all your people that you convict? Agreed. Agreed. The 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 best moment out of that whole ugly situation was probably the gentleman who died. His 18-year-old brother was on His the family, stand. Right. Absolutely incredible show of class. Um, you know, he said, "Look, you know, my brother's gone. Um, but I forgive you." I forgive you, and I hope that you, you, you are genuinely sorry about what happened. And can I give you a hug? And I thought that was powerful, man. I, he's a better man than I am because you wouldn't have got a hug from me. But, uh, you know, I commend him. I, I, I commend him. I thought it was a beautiful moment. But, yeah, I had a big problem with the judge stepping down and patting yeah, her and rubbing her hair and hugging her. No, the, no, no, your fucking you're, job is the yeah, judge. Yeah, yeah, you're the independent <laughs> judge, man. Here's another example of the criminal justice system in America. Back to the corporations versus people thing. Ed Buck. Mr. Buck was indicted in two fatal overdoses of men in his home. He's a Democratic donor and activist. Um, so he was indicted with one count of distribution of methamphetamine resulting in death. Um, he was also charged last month for the same crime. It appears that he targeted men to his house individuals that were either homeless or struggling with drug addiction he then provided them with drugs in exchange for sexual favors is what it sounds like to me um two men died again he could face a sentence of life in prison without parole i believe that is perfect i think if you're fucking preying on the weakest amongst us instead of helping uplift people you deserve to get something along these lines especially if your actions are causing multiple people to die. However, I pose the question again. When will the family that owns Purdue Pharmaceutical get indicted for murder thousands of times over? And where's the follow-up on the Epstein case? Oh, baby, you don't know? 
this is America, man. When you got money, they kill you off in prison so you can't tell, and then nobody else is getting arrested. That's where the follow-up is. Yeah, and I'll give the journalist credit. The journalist that broke that story, um, a Florida journalist, has been asking the same question. Question. I follow her on Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll put a link up here on the podcast. But she's been she's been doing a great job about doing a great job about talking through the events that led up to all this nasty, nasty shit that Epstein was doing. Um, and who enabled it? Because again, we talked about this on the podcast. I won't recite the whole thing, but you know, you can't have that many young girls being raped, uh, being assaulted just on your own. Like it just doesn't happen that way. Right. This was obviously something where nasty, sick, wealthy fuckers, uh, were getting their kicks off raping people. And there were people that they were paying to bring these girls in. So yes, you asked the right question. And the answer is this is America, baby. When you got enough money, Hey, you kill the guy that knows where the bodies are and everything else. Hush, hush. Don't kick a cop though. You get 99 years for that one. Or a robot. Or a robot. That's right. But you want to rape some young girls? You want to go get the whole country addicted to opioids? As long as you got the right attorneys and enough money and the right last name and and the right political connections, you're going to be all right in America. You want to lead us into into war (laughs) under false pretenses? Then you can go hang out with Ellen at at the Cowboys game. You want to campaign on the fact that you're getting out of the Middle East because you campaigned on that, and then the next week tell me you're sending a couple of thousand troops to Saudi Arabia? You can do that too. It's a bizarro world out there, everybody. It is crazy time right now. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's so crazy that all these brokerages are now going to commission-free investing, bringing it back to the markets. Thoughts on that, Mr. Hodge? That's the new landscape, right? Well, they're selling your data, and this has to do with a couple of things. Ah, you hit it. I knew you would. <laughs> um, yep. the, first, the first thing is nobody's trading stocks anymore. We touched on this, I think, a couple of weeks ago with the whole passive investment thing, right? Everybody is either just allocates right out of their paycheck to Vanguard, or everybody invests in themes, you know, ETFs, iShares, uh, PowerShares, et cetera. Um, and that's created this whole passive thing where brokers really aren't needed. And so uh, people like E-Trade, and you've seen some consolidation lately. I mean, Scott Trade is no more. They were bought up a, a couple of years ago by TD, I believe it was. And so there's been some consolidation, which was the writing on the wall leading up to this. And then there was lowering of fees, right? Like a year ago, Schwab, or two years ago, Schwab was $7.95 a trade. And then they were $4.95 a trade. And, and now they're free. And they're making money. Schwab, at least, has, a, has an asset management business. E-Trade, I don't believe, does. But where they're making their money, and if you read the articles, um, and I can put a link up if, if you guys would like to read, is they're selling your data to Wall Street, right? Um, what are you What are you buying? Um, what kind of orders are you putting in? Limit um, or not limit? Stop orders or no stop orders? Trailing or not? You know, and what are those... Uh, and how far off the actual market price are you setting those limits and those stops? And, and what are you buying and how many shares? They're packaging up all that data and they're selling it to the Wall Street banks and the trading desks so they can use it, uh, you know, for trading information for their own good. And not just a little bit of money. The numbers are escaping me off the top of my head, but I know one was well above 300 million. I think one of these trading outfits made selling data last uh, year. So they're, they're selling your data for... Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's it's no different than Twitter or Facebook. If the product is free, then you are the product, right? That is correct. You are not wrong. Got some breaking news. You'll laugh at this. <laughs> Trump was asked if Giuliani is still his lawyer. 
He said, I don't know if he's still my personal attorney or not. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> ah, this one's going to get real, Nick. This isn't the Mueller report. Everybody's starting to get a little nervous over there. This is going to be fun to watch. You talked about the Democratic debates and, you know, you yelling and Lindsay thinking you were crazy. Like, why are you yelling at the TV and you were happy when they called out Kamala Harris on her bullshit, right? Oh, this one's going to be fun. This is going to, hey, listen, when the president starts telling reporters he not, he's not sure if his personal attorney is still his personal attorney, um, the pressure is being applied, everybody. And again, if we are going to be a country and we are a country that has a distinct advantage of having some rule of law, right? Um, we, you got, you gotta, you gotta go get some of these crooked motherfuckers when they do it like this. Both sides, if it's a Biden, if it's a Clinton, if it's an Obama, if it's a Trump, if it's a Perry, I don't care which side they're on. Um, we need a, a restructuring of, of our system here in this country. And, and this won't be it, but this will move it further along. This one isn't going to go away. They're not putting this out quickly like the other one. The other one was bullshit. This one, not so much. Not so much. I know and, you want to talk about the seven-year loan. Hey, did you have a comment? Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to see what the Democrats think about it on Tuesday because speaking of debates, the next one is next week. All 12 of the people left on the island will get on the stage next Tuesday. Ooh, it's getting exciting. <laughs> all the action is going to come from the right. That, that That's where it's at. The only thing stopping Trump from getting reelected it's Trump. It's himself, sure. That's it. And, and hey, he's a formidable force. Do not underestimate his ability to stop himself from getting reelected. Uh, the seven-year auto loan, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, we had a, a big update in the market today and everyone gets all giddy. But the, 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 the foundation is cracked, folks. I'll put up a link for this as well. But people are now taking out seven-year auto loans. And, and, and so what's happening is, they're ready for a new car before they even pay off their old one. And so they're going to buy a new car and they're refinancing the the, the remaining balance from the, the car that they're trading in. And, and and this is just a precursor to the, the, the next market events that, you know, you and I discuss on this podcast week in and week out. The fact that, you know, you need a seven year loan because you can't make uh, higher payments is very indicative of, of where the economy is, regardless of the. Uh, level of the stock market or the unemployment numbers that the government spits out. The seven-year loan has nothing on the hundred-year bond. You see, they're floating that out there now, right? Mm. That's crazy. The U.S. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not talking Argentina. We're not talking Peru. We're not talking, you know, a small, unstable country somewhere. This is the U.S. floating the idea of a hundred-year bond, and and why not? Rates are at an all-time low. This is as cheap as money's ever going to get. You know, we could argue that it's going to get a little bit cheaper, and it will, but it can't get much cheaper. It's pretty damn cheap. Um, so, you know, if you're going to fund your infrastructure and you're going to do it um, on the back of taxpayers, as, as they always do, why not roll it out and see if there's an appetite, rebuild the country, and then eventually we know what happens, right? Mathematically, it's impossible for us to pay our way out of the debt that we have accumulated as a country. But again, other dominoes will fall first, so... This is actually an idea that we know in the long run won't work, but in the short term, hey, thoughts, Nick? No, the staving off is just making me a bit impatient. Like you said, we know uh. the out, we know the outcome, but um, you know you got to have conviction, right? And so 
don't text and I'll sell your positions that are quality. You like to light the match, don't you, Nick? What do you mean? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? What do you? What do you mean? <laughs> so there's two types of people in the world, right? There's the, there's the type of people that put the gasoline in the bottle, and then there's the type of people that like to light the match, right? I'm talking about Molotov cocktail metaphors, of course. You're the guy that likes to light the match. You want to see the shit hit the fan. You're ready for it. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready, baby. <laughs> You're not the guy in the back putting the gasoline in the bottle. You're nope. the guy lighting the match and tossing that motherfucker. No doubt. <laughs> I like it. And, you know, if anybody thinks that we're just sitting here poo-poo in the U.S., we love the country. And this is why we want to talk about all the imperfections and, and the things that we need to do to make it a better place. But believe you me, there are places just as bad, if not worse. Um, Peru has gone through what can only be described. And I'm going to be brief on this because if I get going, we'll be here for a long time. Um, in a matter of two weeks, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the president dissolved Congress saying he wanted to defend Peru from what he described as a corrupt mafia. Um, Congress then said, we don't believe that you are the rightful president. So they called for new elections. Um, Nobel prize winning author Mario Vargas Losa Praise the president, Martin Vizcarra, for dismissing the country's right-wing opposition-dominated parliament, which he said was made up of, quote, semi-illiterate swindlers. Um, Google Peru, everybody, and if you think we don't have our shit together in this country, holy smokes. The stuff going on out there is absolutely crazy. Um, you look at Argentina, you look at Peru, you, you pick a country, right? And and it's a mess out there. It's a... Uh, this is, this is, this is, again, I hate to keep saying it, but it's fourth turning stuff happening right before our eyes. I think there's going to be movies about this time period, 30 years from now, 20 years from now. Um, but just, you know, when you're in the eye of the hurricane, it's hard to see it sometimes, right? And, and, and you can feel it a little bit, but yeah, this is, this is, this perilous times. Perilous no, times. I was telling you before we started recording that I took a step back last week. I had hardly any service. And when I came back to having a couple of bars, I was like, holy shit, man, what is going on? <laughs> and I, That's I don't really one know week. That, I don't know it's just what, one week. I know. I mean, it's just one week. That is nuts. All right, Nick, you were the first, I think, anywhere to really catch on to the problem that the pigs in China pose, right? And everything that was going on there. You talked about it a long time ago. Now I see you want to talk about mutilated cows. So you have my ear, sir. Oh my gosh. Let's talk. We about got an cows. OMG out of Nick, everybody. Nick doesn't do OMGs. I can't wait to hear this. So um, let me pull up the article so I get some of these facts right. But um, in Eastern Oregon, which is a very remote area, uh, very arid, it's sort of like where I live here in Spokane, high desert, a lot of vast cattle ranches, a lot of grazing cattle on uh, BLM and other government properties that are just huge, hundreds of thousands of acres, right? And so um, recently, these ranchers started finding these cows, bulls, dead. Um, in very remote areas. Um, okay. And so that's the first thing. The cows are showing up dead. The second thing is the cows are entirely drained of their blood. Not a single drop of blood in the cows, just bones, muscle, and uh, hide. What? No blood. 
let me let, let me get some context. How many of these cows? Five so far. Okay. Okay. Um, this year, and um, not only is there no blood, but there's no blood around the animal. There is no gunshot wound to the animal. There is no tracks in the dust or mud around the animal, and the tongue and the genitals were surgically removed. And this is in the middle of nowhere. What? This is like someplace you would need either a helicopter or, um, you know, a serious, serious ATV, even if you knew how to get there. And so um, that's sort of where it is. I can't believe this story hasn't gotten more traction, but the FBI will neither confirm nor deny if they're investigating this. Um, The best lead that the Harney County Sheriff has in Oregon is aliens. (laughs) And... Um, <laughs> let me just well, the military you. already told us that aliens are a real thing, un- unidentified flying objects or whatever bullshit name they gave them. So we know that part's true now. So it's Nobody cared about that thing. either. That's how crazy our world is right now. The military told us, yeah, 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 we've been seeing aliens and uh, everybody we was don't like, even right, talk cool. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, and so this is recurring because let me read you this sentence. Um, this is two nuts. years ago, two years ago, 200 miles south of where these cows were found found um this rancher named andy davies also found a cow cut up and bloodless and she andy davies and her husband um drove circles around that cow to try to find tracks and they couldn't find anything at all this was two years ago and then this other person has now come forward and said back in the 1980s this gentleman named terry anderson one of his mother's ranches or one of his mother's cows was killed at their family ranch same symptoms, no blood, had the udder surgically removed by something very sharp. And that's where the article ends because we don't know anymore. And it, it, I don't know if any of you listening or you, Gerardo, have spent any time in the remote West. I was just in the remote West last week. Like if I found a cow like this where I was hunting last week, I don't know what I would think. I would, I would probably consider aliens. And that's what the locals are thinking. I mean, I'll put a picture up. It has a picture of one of the dead cows. It's just like a shriveled up cow carcass, like just the skin with all the blood gone. And then the whole tongue and genitals thing is is very, very weird. And and how remote it is is also very weird. So it's either you got some cult-like stuff going on. And even so, um, how do you take down a 2,000-pound or a 1,500-pound animal without any evidence of struggle and no tracks? It's all just, well, it's bizarre. Holy smokes. I knew when you said, oh, my God, it was something. I had no idea it was going to be that bizarre. Oh, my it, Lord. It's pretty crazy, man. I, you, you know, um, please put a link up. Um, and, yeah, I am going to make it a point to stay out of eastern Oregon, it was. That's right. Well, that's what they're saying. The, the ranchers aren't allowed to go out by themselves now. They got to go out, you know, two by two. They're being encouraged to carry sidearms, et cetera, et cetera. So something's going on there. Wow. Wow. Here's some more breaking news. Um, Shep Smith, one of the more rational voices on Fox News. Um, <laughs> it looks like he got fired because he wasn't nice enough to the president. <laughs> He's been openly critical of some of the bullshit that Donald Trump tends to uh, spew from time to time, talking out of both sides of his mouth. And I guess the attorney general of the U.S. made a call and uh, 23 years later, Shep Smith is out of here. So, again, 
it's a crazy time everybody that's all i can say it it is what it is nick anything else you want to get off your chest copper satellites you have that on the list yeah we'll touch up on this in another episode but you know you can't mess with wall street so you know for years they've been using satellites to get data on how to trade right they'll spy on I'll just for an example, like new car lots adjacent to train yards, and they'll see how many cars are actually being, you know, moved and shipped on the trains to get a sense of how much the uh, car companies are really selling, not only to trade the car companies, but, you know, as a gauge of sales in the economy and all that. Uh, yep. I'm sure you knew that. Um, but I was reading this <laughs> week that um, they're starting to do it at mines. They're focusing their satellites on smelters and such to see how much ore is really being refined and copper produced. And I had never seen that before. And so um, I don't really know why I wanted to talk about that other than to say um, you can't commodities trade against these folks. You're going to get your ass handed to you. Um, and B, I mean, that's that's where we are with these big banks and trading desks and the amount of data they can have. I mean, they're spying on shit from space. Maybe they can figure out what happened to the cows. I was just going to say, maybe they can figure out what happened to the cows. <laughs> Insane. Here, I want to play something for you, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Who's that, Nick? That's the new Sturgill Simpson album, Gerardo. Sound and Fury, the third one in a row that has just knocked it out of the park. This one comes complete with a Netflix uh, anime movie. Uh, he's being hailed as a genius, which um, you might know if you listen to me a little bit, that the man's a genius. Uh, go yep. get, the, get the album. I haven't watched the anime thing yet on Netflix. Plan to this weekend, but uh, quality stuff again from Mr. Simpson. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal album. Um, I can't say enough about it. Go he wants it. He wants a gift card from God. Man, make art, not friends. Come on, guys. <laughs> really good stuff on there. I encourage everybody to go check it out. Mr. Hodge, it's been interesting. Um, it's great to have you back. Uh, hopefully we make it another week. <laughs> and we'll see you next week, everybody. Be kind to each other. Love each other. Be nice to each other. Disagree with each other, but don't hang out with warmongers that try to take all the rights away from people that you profess to defend and then expect everybody to deal with it the way that you want them to deal with it after you tell them that they should just deal with it uh, and that if you don't deal with it their way, you're wrong. So that's all I got to say. Episode 39, Bizarro World. Nick, anything? No, see ya. Adios.